You are listening to Bear in Mind, the University of Northern Colorado's official podcast. Join us each episode as we listen to the voices from UNC faculty, staff, students, and alumni as they offer insights of local or national importance. This is your host, Dan and Cox, bringing you just a taste of UNC. We can begin for our audience. I'd like to introduce uh, both of our guests. We have Nuri as well as Nick. Um, Nick, would you like to give a brief explanation of your role here today? Sure. Uh, I am an interpreter here on campus at UNC, and so I was called in for this uh, assignment. And so I'm here to interpret for Nori and his audience and you as well. Perfect. Thank you. And Nori, would you like to give your introduction? Sure. My name is Nori, um, and um, I'm a graduate student in the TASSEL Teaching American Sign Language program here at UNC and interpreting studies. It's called ASLIS, and I've been here since my undergraduate, actually. I graduated with my bachelor's here at UNC in special ed, and then I returned for my master's. Wonderful. Well, we can get right to it. Would you like to share a brief history about you before coming to UNC? It could be a story or a little synopsis. It's up to you. You bet. So um, I was born deaf. It's congenital uh, to a hearing family, and my family knows sign. I'm very fortunate for that because not too many deaf uh, individuals grow up in in a hearing family that knows sign language. And so that was really uh, impressed upon me um, of how involved my parents are and my family is. Um, I went to Legacy High School in, Gro- in Broomfield uh, near Denver uh, in the deaf ed program there. Uh, and I graduated from there. Um, and then uh, when I graduated from Legacy in 2008, I decided kind of trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I was a little unsure at the time. I didn't know if I wanted to be, uh, well, at that time, uh, a special ed teacher named Lisa um, that I spoke with said, you should become a a teacher, a teacher of the deaf, T-O-D. And I thought, well, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And so I did get into deaf education and started uh, my studies there. Uh, And then I got into UNC, but there really wasn't a deaf ed program for a bachelor's at that time. And so I went ahead and got into special ed and uh, that was in August, uh, the fall of that year, and just started taking my uh, core classes and getting into my major. I graduated in 2013 with my bachelor's in special education, um, and then after that, I moved to Maryland, and I went to Maryland for uh, graduate uh, deaf education um, at a college there, and I was only there for one semester, Um, I wasn't too happy with it, just didn't fit. And so um, I returned back home here in Colorado trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And then um, subsequent to that, I had some friends um, that spoke with me and said, you know, you should teach American Sign Language. And I thought, you know, I don't know if I'm qualified to teach American Sign Language. And then I thought, well, it is my native language, but, you know, it it, it was strange to have that kind of uh, um, 
kind of dichotomy within myself. So after that, I decided to move to Indiana State. Now, um, I have traveled around extensively, but I moved to Indiana and I got a job there. Now, just such a great town with great people. And so I started teaching there um, American Sign Language at the local school in two years. After that, the program disbanded. And so I went to Elkhart, uh, which is near South Bend, Indiana. People are familiar with South Bend, but um, so it's about an hour and a half drive up north. And so I started teaching there for my third year, uh, teaching American Sign Language. And at that time, in between that transition, UNC had contacted me and said, hey, you know, would you like to uh, start your master's in the TASL, the Teach American Sign Language program? So I applied, I was accepted. But it just was a bad time. I was trying, I was changing schools, I was moving you know, to a different area in the state. So I wanted to see how that would go for about a year. Um, and so I put uh, Tassel on hold here at UNC for a year and I went back to teaching. At that time, they had um, offered me UNC had offered me a GA, a graduate assistant position, and I turned it down because I was in Indiana. And I knew that I probably wouldn't have an op another opportunity um, that would arise like that. And so after that one year, um, and it was a phenomenal year, just great services. Uh, it was such a great experience for me, and I think for them too, um, to, uh, to have me there. Then all of a sudden UNC got back in touch with me and said, hey, you know, the program's waiting for you. And so they did offer me a GA position again, which is pretty rare. Mm -hmm. uh, UNC, uh, you know, usually they may offer that up one time and then find someone else the next year. So, you know, really I have considered UNC my home um, and, uh, you know, get my bachelor's here. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go back to my alma mater and, and uh, further my education. So um, I moved back here. Uh, luckily, Indiana had found another teacher to take my place, which really provided some relief. And then I moved back home to Colorado. Welcome back. Thank you so much. Yeah. So what do you do here at UNC? Now that you have an assistantship, what are your roles? Sure. Currently, as a GA, um, I'm, a, I'm a, a graduate assistant teacher for the TASL, the American Sign Language Department. Um, they just added two instructors this year. So now there's seven deaf teachers here on campus, teachers who are deaf. And the majority of them um, are contract, full-time, or adjunct. I'm kind of at the lower level of a GTA, a graduate teaching assistant. So um, really, um, I can't complain, right, that I'm able to work while I'm getting my my uh, masters and you know some things are paid for that would normally be so that's a great relief um, so this past fall you know I was started teaching and then this past spring semester as well uh, my goal is to become a full-time teacher um, and you know at the beginning with I just look back on my time here going back to my undergraduate with a BA and now possibly in teaching my whole time here teaching at the school that I uh, that I got my undergraduate and now my getting my master's this December. You know, really, UNC is my home. I've my whole college career has been here at this school, so UNC has been very, very good to me. Would you want to stick with teaching in higher education, or are you looking to teach anywhere? Well, long-term goal, uh, I would love to teach in higher ed for sure. 
I really think it depends on which way the wind's blowing and uh, which way it's, which way it's going to take me. Really, it's a hot job market right now, especially in, in the Teach American Sign Language. And so I'm trying to look at all my viable opportunities. Um, and really, I'm just I consider myself blessed that I'm here and I have the opportunity to get my foot my feet wet here at UNC. Um, and then have this kind of springboard onto if I were to go somewhere else. Um, I don't know. Um, I have really have considered, uh, you know, get my PhD. That may come later on in life, but not definitely not right now. But it's something that I have actually put on my plate. What is the best way for students to connect with the DHH group on campus? And let's just be clear of what DHH is. That is the deaf of for hard and hearing. Am I correct? It's actually deaf and hard of hearing. Deaf and hard and hearing. Okay. Or deaf hard of hearing. And really the best way to get in touch with them here at UNC, I think the most important piece would be just to make sure that um, Everyone um, knows that there's deaf people here on campus um, and that they include them. I think there's a lot of barriers for deaf people just feeling isolated with their native language not being spoken. Um, and of course there are other ways to communicate. You don't have to just know sign language. You can just have a piece of paper and a pen and or just smile to someone and just wave to them. Just really make them feel at home here at UNC. Um, and I think really any colleges around the country, if they see someone that's deaf um, on campus or if there are deaf students on campus, just to go up and just say hello like you did this morning, mm -hmm. uh, right? I mean, that really just kind of alleviated some, a lot of just uh, um, some anxiety and some nervousness and stuff. And really it's just a welcoming environment for all people. Um, and But sadly, my time here, um, I've noticed that um, a lot of, it, it's kind of shrinking with um, some of these diverse, I guess, um, opinions. However, deaf students, there used to be 15. We used to have 15 students here, which is a large number of deaf students to be on one campus, um, especially here in Colorado. So my freshman year, we had 15 students, and then that's kind of dwindled down over the years, which is sad to see. And uh, I really hope that that, that the deaf and hard of hearing population can, can grow again. Um, I would like to see that number uh, go back to 15 or even greater. Why do you think it shrunk? Uh, I think maybe for a variety of factors. I think some students um, just wanted to see what schools have access to their language. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, there's, I guess, two or three really um, institutions um, that of large growth for deaf students. One is Gallaudet University in Washington, D.C., but that's a mecca for deaf international students all across the globe because everyone signs, right? It's, a, it's the only liberal arts uh, program for deaf people in the world. And if I didn't come to UNC, I was gonna go to Gallaudet because of the language, it was already in place. Um, my parents thought, well, you know, you can do that, Nori. However, you know, we do, you know, hope that you stick around closer. Um, there's another one, RIT, which is Rochester Institute of Technology mm -hmm. in Rochester, New York. And uh, they have a signing program up there. 
um, they do have two separate campuses. One is RIT, and then next to that is NTID, which is the Na National Technical Institute for the Deaf, and they do work in collaboration with, mm -hmm. with each other. I have some friends that have gone to Gaudet, have friends that have gone to RIT, and then CSUN is the other one, but that's, that's on the West Coast. That's California State University Northridge, um, and that's in Northridge, California. And because they have language accessibility there as well. So there are some prominent schools for deaf and hard of hearing um, individuals in the country. Other, other institutions may not have been exposed to the language. I think whenever you have the language in place, it's automatically uh, deaf students are gonna gravitate toward those, mm. um, those sites. And also I think it's imperative for hearing people to understand uh, that we do have uh, the ASLIS program here. We also have ASL that's being taught. We also have a bachelor's in um, interpreting that's being taught here. And really it's a great breakthrough for people, deaf, hard of hearing, hearing people to come here and learn about deaf culture and about deaf history and working with deaf people and then to, um, to uh, venture off from here. Just because we have everything here, it's almost like a one-stop shop. We have an ASL club. I was actually involved in that ASL club very heavily whenever I was in my undergraduate, and now we're trying to get uh, that really uh, re, um, kind of reinvigorated again, but I am one of the advisors now on that club, uh, the uh, uh, faculty advisors. So UNC, um, we have already started to recognize how important ASLIS is for our community and how important American Sign Language is and the acquisition of that language for hearing people um, in order to uh, collaborate and work together with people of different communities. And, <clears throat> and you know, I've actually uh, thought about becoming a superintendent for a school district or for a deaf school. Mm. Um, and so I have... Uh, I've been paying more attention to that because I would like uh, that to be a long-term goal. Um, I would like to um, socialize a little bit more with, with some superintendents or some presidents uh, for higher ed, mm -hmm. just to really kind of get their view and share my view on how they can facilitate a more uh, um, round and rich um, cultural identity at their schools. You have some great foresight into not only what you want to do, but what to make cultural norms. And that, that's, a, that's a relief to hear. When it comes to students on campus, and not even students, but instructors, what should instructors and students know when it comes to working with interpreters as well as uh, DHH, DHH? I'm having trouble with that one. Yeah, that's a good question. So um, I think um, to keep at the forefront, I think today, uh, um, Deaf people are kind of isolated and hidden from view. They're afraid of how they're gonna be identified. Previously, um, it was even worse. I think now, um, you know, deaf people are more open to saying, hey, I'm a deaf person and I'm here on campus and uh, you know, what do you have for me? And I think that the more that people, that hearing people, the hearing communities, hearing world can see that, it's not just one person that's here on campus, but they bring a whole lot of a background with them and cultural identity and, and richness and, mm -hmm. and how they fit in to our existing community um, as an institution. And you know, let's just say, you know, like there's 300 students in a biology class, right? Well, it's important for a deaf person to feel at home in that class, just like every hearing person. I mean, you, you know, you hear those stories about someone that goes into a 300, a 300 uh, student classroom and they may sit in the back and they're isolated. Well, that's how a deaf person, a deaf student feels all the time and in every class. And so 
um, I'm sure that people in the special ed department are already uh, um, aware of this um, kind of uh, dream. Um, but really UNC is, with all these programs already in place here, it's a great um, place to, to, to do that. And then uh, if anyone knows Dr. Corey Pierce, that's over in, in McKee, he's such a great guy. He is um, really, um, I had him as an instructor in my, in my undergraduate, and now he's my advisor. And we've developed that, that relationship and that rapport and I think that UNC really needs to recognize that as well because just in, an instructor can be your advisor as well because you're getting valuable information from them. And so I think working with just instru um, instructors as well as, as um, advisors can really lend itself well to students navigating their, um, their career. Mm -hmm. and, I th um, and then also uh, deaf people, just to say that deaf people are part of this community on mm -hmm. campus here at UNC in Greeley. I'd say going back to having communication with students, uh, the beautiful use of technology and our phones. Like for instance, I was having trouble writing my chicken scratch and asking you questions and then you pulled out your phone and you just quickly give me an answer and it's perfect font and everything. So I think it's now, it's easier now than ever to, to basically go for that cultural norm, uh, especially here at UNC. Um, due to time, we have one more question. If you had one thing uh, that you'd want UNC to understand about DHH students, what is it? Unless you feel like you answered it. Hmm. I think the one thing that I wanna impress upon the institution is that the deaf community can contribute so much, just as equal, if not more, than the hearing community. Um, I'd like UNC to um, understand that just because there is a student who is deaf doesn't mean they can't contribute something. and right. do, doesn't mean that they can be marginalized. They've been marginalized their whole life. Mm -hmm. um, there are deaf students that are in psychology programs and teaching programs and biology programs are becoming lawyers and doctors. I think UNC needs to see the, the long-term occupational um, opportunities of deaf and hard of hearing students. You know, and for me, you know, while my whole time has been here, really, I have been the face of the deaf community here at UNC. And I want to make sure that I can uh, lead that role and take that role and, and do it justice so that for the following um, perspective, deaf and hard of hearing students on, on campus here at UNC, that we do have an interpreting program. We have accommodations for you in your classroom, note takers, interpreters, you know, I wish that hearing uh, teachers and students uh, felt that they could, we could collaborate more with deaf students. There's an ASL club here, um, and we're doing more and more each semester. Um, I would like to see the number of deaf students grow here again at UNC, and that's my goal that it will happen.